The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me, it's the ROB, and it's been a long time, but I'm back in the saddle right here on Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host with the most, and ladies, if you don't like the fact that I bring home six figures a week, Hasbro's that is, I'll ghost you. Today we have a special guest returning from the Smacked Raw The Rewind, Kyle. Kyle, how you doing today? <laughs> it's all good, man. We also have from Perched Gaming, the adorable one, the adorable gamer, Alex Todd. Let's start right off with the big news. I'm back. Yes. I, all right. I understand. <laughs> I'm here. It's been a few weeks, but we can get past this. Yes, we have former WWE writer Rob Hockman back with us. He is the real host of the show. Rob, what were your thoughts on Tony Khan's big announcement that he has purchased Ring of Honor? He has the library tape and he has all the stuff that comes along with Ring of Honor. What are your thoughts? This ought to be a good one. <laughs> I'm going to try and do this as, wait, what did the text message say? As dignified as possible, um, which was the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. We got a tape library. We got to deal with HBO Max coming up. We need content. Vince owns pretty much everything. So we got Ring of Honor. He paid a ton of money. If what everybody on the dirt sheet says is true, he paid a ton of money. I wasn't impressed. I'm sorry, Alex. I, I, I'm sorry if that upsets you. I wasn't impressed. And what I was more impressed with was, was the way Tony Khan delivers a promo. Did somebody give him the good good and not cut his hair? Because he looked like he was a crackhead. In the worst part of town trying to deliver that promo. But I digress. You never heard Vince McMahon watch a 70s film, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2020, even today on the great Pat McAfee show. You don't hear Vince McMahon talk the way Tony Khan did. Jesus, come on, please, please. I digress. I know the IWC is going to be so mad. Turn it sideways, just like the promo. Shove it up your ass. I digress. You bought a tape library for $20 million. Please. All right, Alex, how do you feel? I'm going to completely disagree. Uh, I think that this was a huge acquisition for AEW, especially if plans go as forward to keep Ring of Honor as somewhat of a developmental territory. I think it keeps a lot of people at work. Um you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, people are losing jobs. So I think it keeps a lot of people at work. And um, as far as the promo goes, Tony's stated multiple times that he's not much of an on-air talent. So, so then don't do it. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. He owns the company. He can do whatever he wants. Okay, then don't look like a crackhead. I mean, listen, I love AEW. I love AEW. I've got friends over there. Okay, but what I'm saying is this. If you can't deliver the announcement in a concise and 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 uh poignant 
way. Don't do it. Have Tony have uh, uh, Tony Schiavone do it, for God's sake. And and Alex, what did they keep in business? Did he get any contracts? Does he own anybody? So what did he buy? Tell me what he kept in business. He didn't keep anything in business. He kept a tape library. Congratulations. You bought a bunch of VHS tapes. Bravo. Tell me what he bought. You just said he kept people in business. What did he keep in business? He didn't buy any contracts. This isn't like when Vince bought WCW, where we had the choice. We had the choice of overtaking contracts. He bought a tape library. He bought tapes. Well, correction. He bought a company. You, you, you just, you're just insinuating tape library. You're, you're just go ahead and just imposing whatever you think that he purchased on. There's no official reports what he intends on doing with the company, but by all means, but he bought he a company. He, he bought no, 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 man. He bought a company. He, he bought a company. He didn't all right? purchase people. You know who you know who also didn't purchase people? WWE when they let you go. You know why? For all these terrible takes. All right. He bought a company. He's got he's got people that he can employ to put on other shows. He's got a tape library to help tie in a lot of the feuds that are going on. Let's face it, the most of the landscape that's going on in professional wrestling, whether it be AEW or WWE, dude. The Ring of Honor tape library is perfect if you want long-term storybooking, you know? If you want to go ahead and recap, look at the first thing they did. We got Brian Danielson and Christopher Daniels, the main event of the first Ring of Honor show. Imagine that, you know what I mean? There's so much tie-in to this history now. It's a fantastic purchase. And I think if we can all take a moment and not pretend to be wrestling promoters and and going ahead and caring about like what money they're going to make and actually enjoy wrestling for what it is as fans... This is fantastic. More content is always good. And the future of enjoying wrestling and all of media consumption is going to be through streaming. So more content is always good. As far as Tony Khan's like delivery goes, you know what, man? I don't think really you are the one to go ahead and uh, criticize other people's delivery. All right. This whole uh, Mark Wahlberg shtick you got going on here with a New Englander accent. I don't think it's working, man, personally speaking. But yeah, it's great, man. It's totally good. Actually, not from New England, New Jersey. But... Oh. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was actually waiting. I didn't even have to announce Kyle for his take. I like the idea. I find it. I mean, WCW is 4 million, ROH 10 million. Uh, Kyle brought up a really good point. I didn't even think of was the storytelling that you have from Wing, Ring of Honor that you can include into AEW. The only thing that I had concerns about with it is what about those from AEW Dark or AEW Dark Elevation that are used? Will they be the ones that are transferred to Ring of Honor or will they still be on Dark and Dark Elevation? Or will we see those indie guys that they, they bring in you know, to, I don't want to, I'll just call it as it is, uh, basically to job them, but they, you know, getting their name out there and the exposure and everything, will they have them be part of Ring of Honor? So those are the things that I'm interested in. Uh, <laughs> the biggest thing I'm interested in is, uh, will Mark Criscoll still be part of Ring of Honor? And will we still get interviews from Ring of Honor? Because we did a lot with Ring of Honor. So 
pull, if you don't mind me um, just putting my two cents in for a moment, I have a feeling that, you know, you're going to see some of those talents from Dark and Dark Elevation if they do intend to use Ring of Honor as like a developmental show, supposedly, like to the extent of, I don't know, maybe if what WWE used like NXT for. Um, if, if they do do something like that, I could easily see them moving some talents from Dark and Dark Elevation over and then... We've obviously seen that Impact and AEW and other companies have picked up some of the former Ring of Honor talent. I do feel like some of them that didn't sign elsewhere might get picked back up by Ring of Honor. They might do like some sort of a show with both of them. Um, another thing that's huge with this acquisition too is that Ring of Honor is in the middle of planning for their inaugural Hall of Fame. And a company like AEW that has more money, I feel like can definitely put that a hall of fame ceremony on a bigger stage than ring of honor would have initially been able to. Yeah. One. And now this is all speculation. Don't, don't get us wrong. Best case, worst case it us, us three, you know, guests on your esteemed show will have no idea what, what really holds, but there is, there is some optimism too, because look at, look at what ring of honor did. And towards the end of last year, they released everybody from their contracts, but yet they still want to go forward. You know, that's really risky when you can't have your world champion on a contract. You can storybook all these matches for them and then three months later get scooped up by WWE or AEW. So now if you have a parent company owning Ring of Honor, there is a better chance to keep your champions employed. And that's a good point. And you just made me really, really, really think about something here real quick. Right now, the Ring of Honor women's champion is an Impact Wrestling. She signed mm-hmm. Impact. What will they do there? We know Jonathan Gresham technically is not signed to Ring of Honor, according to Sean Ross Sapp. He's technically the world champion, but so isn't Bandito. If you remember, he couldn't defend the title at final battle because he had COVID. And then that leaves your trios champions and your tag team champions. Do they stay? Are they going to be part of it? What do we do with the belts? Do we start fresh and do tournaments? That's something that's been on my mind since he just, since Kyle just brought that up. What's ideal? What is ideal? Now, now I'm AEW. I'm Tony Khan. I own this company. What's, what's ideal? My first thought is more recognizable shows, maybe, maybe less YouTube content. And, you know, I don't necessarily know what, what, what Ring of Honor was doing on television. They were, they were floundering, but, you know, what's, what's ideal now that you own this company and you honestly have access to all these wrestlers and titles? I would hope it's not going to be a YouTube show, but like their deal with Sinclair on TV was terrible. Yeah. I like, would. <laughs> what if this? What if this whole thing was just a, uh, 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 a grab to get the footage of all the guys that he's got that obviously have come through AEW? Oh, that's definitely one of the main contributing factors, I would think. I mean, we, everyone is talking about that this is going to be a show, that this is going to be something, that Ring of Honor is coming back, that blah 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 blah. What if this is just a tape grip? And there's nothing wrong if that's just a tape grip. There's nothing wrong with that. Vince has done that. There's nothing wrong with that. If he's doing this uh, HBO Max thing, there's nothing wrong with that because there's a ton of footage of CM Punk, a ton of footage of of uh, Ambrose or Moxley, a ton of footage of of. Uh, 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 whatever his name, Bryanson, Daniel Bryanson. Uh, Danielson? Danielson, thank you. It's too many Bryans. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there's too but, many Bryans. But if it's a tape grab, there's nothing wrong with that. Let me... Let's stop assuming that we're going to do something with Ring of Honor to put more wrestling 
on more TV that people aren't watching. You, you, you're throwing more crap against the wall. And I'm not trying to say Ring of Honor's crap. What I'm trying to say is there's only so much that the human person can consume in a week. Oh, yeah. We've, we've talked about that in the past. You have wrestling on literally seven days a week, but Ring of Honor Supercard April 1st, Texas. So they do have shows coming back. Uh, that show, though, was done before Tony Khan made the purchase of Ring of Honor. Let me ask you a question, Lee. Was it? According to the news out there, that that card was designed because they actually have as like a special guest host is uh, one of the journalists. And it's not Sean Ross Sapp from uh, Fightful is like actually like the guest host or something along those lines. Um, but I guess my, I, just, I, I don't remember. My question is this. If you if if you're Tony Khan and you bought this company, do you run the show? And let talent run the show under your banner. Now you own Ring of Honor. Or did you already know that this was going to happen? I mean, just floating it out there. Because if, if it was me, I wouldn't allow my name and brand to be thrown out there after I just spent $40 million. Unless I knew it was going to be out there. Unless I knew it was going to be on WrestleMania weekend. Crazy that he didn't want... If you take a look back, if you take a look back at the tweets from High Spots and WrestleCon, they said way back, no talent from AEW was going to be allowed to participate in WrestleCon for whatever reason, which they had no idea of. And now this comes out. Just floating it out there. I don't know. I mean, I've never spent $30 million. Right now, 30 grand, but not 30 million. Right now, the big theory or uh, rumors that I've heard about it is fans want this man, Cody Rhodes, to run Ring of Honor. And that would be pretty cool because I did see reports earlier today that seemingly WWE and Cody Rhodes talk have uh, fizzled out or phased out. Uh, That's another story. We can talk about that later. I really want to focus on AEW revolution because this card stacked yeah stacked 100 percent. can't wait i'm I'm gonna go this way so our first match is the tbs title jade cargill taking on ty conti rob who do you got uh jade cargill all right no ifs ands buts jade cargill yeah (laughs) ain't that the truth man i mean i don't want this to sound like you know, when we do when we do our WWE predictions, you, me, and Alex, we're really like boom, boom, boom. But yeah. this is Jade Cardgill straight down. And I will be there, by the way. Oh, that's fantastic. I will awesome. be there. I, I was gifted my my two seats. Thank you, Tony. So as much as as much as I make fun of everything and as much as I uh, debate everything, thank you, Tony. I will be there Sunday. That's awesome. Hey, oh, I don't know actually which way. I'm sorry. Oh, I forget. My my order on my screen might be different than yours. Alex, I think you got I think you were right. But Alex, go ahead. Um, I'm going to go with Rob on this one. I definitely see Jade Cargill winning this match. 
as much as people moan and groan about her push and her in-ring work, when she comes out and she makes her entrance every week on television or whatever she's on television, she has a presence that a lot of the women in the women's division don't have. Uh, it's like almost like an it factor aside from the actual wrestling itself. And because of that, she's she's worth money. So I don't see her title run ending just yet. She just won it. There's no reason to fear that she's going to lose. Kyle, who do you got? Uh, Jade. I feel like, you know, this might be like a hot take, although I don't know. Jade feels like the most legitimate homegrown, like superstar they're building. They're, this, this woman's potential is is stacked through the roof and i don't you know i i won't ever sit here and claim like aw's done anything perfect because let's be honest like they, they haven't but they they've been consistent with jade and her booking and she's kind of like this is a this is a terrible comparison but she's kind of like roman reigns-esque right now where it's like hard to picture anybody beating her relatively exactly. soon yeah it's it's just that like she just feels at this moment untouchable so yeah i i think yeah, she's got it, and and I'll go on record and say I'm a huge Jade Cargill stan. Like I don't stand many people, but damn it, Jade's awesome. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta agree with everyone. We all agree. I'm going with Jade. Kyle said it perfectly. And this next match, I feel the exact same way about the next person I'm gonna bring up: the AEW Women's Title, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. I'm going to start with you, Al. Al, who do we got? I I think this might be the match where people are expecting the title change and it happens. We've done this feud once already with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, and obviously Britt retained the title, and we got quite possibly the greatest women's match in AEW history. I think it's actually going to finally go in Thunder Rosa's favor this time, and I'm going on record saying that I think that Thunder Rosa is going to win. Wow. Okay. From the Smacked Raw the Rewind, Kyle, who do we got? This is a toss-up for me, man. And I'm not going to lie, as hot as this feud was, somehow this match right now to me feels like, A, it's taken too long, and B, somehow rushed at the same time. I'm not quite as hot on this match as I was earlier. Man, I don't even have a coin to flip, but that's how close the margins are with me. I'm going to say, honestly, I think Britt retains. I think Britt will retain. I think this is one of those cases where, the 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 baby face got the win when it didn't count, and then they won't get it when 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 the money's on the line. So I'm gonna go with Britt on this one. All right. God, yeah, this is a this is probably the toughest one of the night. I feel like I can see your side, Alex. I see your side, Kyle. I don't think they're done with Britt Baker as champion. I just don't. I mm-hmm. don't. I feel like they want to push to get Jade Cargo to where she needs to be. And then boom, it's going to be, I think it's going to be her that def- defeats Britt Baker. So for this match, I'm, I'm saying Britt Baker retains Rob. How about you? It's Britt Baker. Britt Baker. 100%. I'd never go against my dentist. <laughs> no, I got a question for you guys. Okay. Do y'all feel they're cooling on, on thunder? Like the fans are cooling on thunder Rosa. Yeah. I think they've cooled down on her a little bit. I feel like we're not too far from, Thunder Rosa's entrance overshadowing like herself because the entrance is super over like hearing that Thunder Rosa like in the beginning when you're live uh, sends electricity through you I just wonder if if she's not sustaining that energy when she's in the ring I feel like she's almost getting that cooling down that 
we've also seen with Ruby Soho since she arrived. Whereas, like, whenever she shows up, too, her entrance is still, like, the biggest part of her being there because it gets the pop from the fans. But they're just not doing a whole lot with either one of them. That's part of why I went with Thunder Rosa, too, is that I feel like she needs the victory more than Britt Baker does at this point because Britt Baker loses the title. She's still, she's a maiden name. I think Thunder Rosa actually needs that to go that step further and actually get herself over a little more. Yeah. Who knows, though? What's that phrase, though? What's that phrase that the title doesn't make the wrestler, the wrestler makes the title? There it is. Yeah. So we have the face of the revolution ladder match for a future AEW TNT title match. We have Keith Lee versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks versus Orange Cassidy. And the last match will be determined Friday on AEW Rampage. It's either Christian or Ethan Page. We're doing this before the match, so we're just going to have to guess if we think one of those two wins it. Rob, who do you have winning? <laughs> I don't think we need to worry about Friday. Uh, I'm going to go with Keith Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we got to worry about Friday. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler freeze the way to be, folks. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Watch watch Friday night. It's live. It's a live show. Tony Khan wouldn't fuck that up. Don't worry. It's a live show. And and, and there's really a chance that who? And it's, who? It, it's Christian <laughs> or Ethan Page. Yeah, exactly. Keith Lee wins the match. Um, but but don't worry, it's live. What could go wrong in Orlando? <laughs> Alex, who do you have? So I'm, I'm going with a different person, but my my thought process is the same exact as Rob's. It's, it's not who and who? Yeah, uh, I don't think we need to worry about whether Christian Cage or Ethan Page wins on Friday, because in my opinion, uh, storyline-wise, I don't think anybody but Wardlow's winning this match. Mm. Oh, good choice. Okay, That's I like a, yeah. that too. It just with with the uh, and I know we'll get to this match in a minute, but with the storytelling that's going on between MJF, CM Punk, and Wardlow off on the side, he's the only person that it makes sense for to win because he can use that and they can feud, they can uh, fuel that to, into the storyline with MJF and Punk too. So, do I see where your thoughts are going to be when we get to the CM Punk MJF match? We'll we'll uh, we'll get there. Okay. Okay. Kyle, who do you got? I actually, I think it's Wardlow as well. I do. Um, And for the exact reason Alex said is with the MJF stuff, they're going to have to pull this trigger at some point. Um, The only way I could see somebody else winning it, and I just don't think they'll overbook it that much, is if MJF or uh, Sean Spears costs Wardlow the match yep. in which case i would go with keith lee but i don't think it's going to come down to that i think i think wardlow they're going to pull the trigger with wardlow you sure you don't want who or who <laughs> <laughs> i mean you get you get two for one on a friday special you know what i'd be okay with christian winning it just to watch how angry it made everybody online like i'd i'd oh, be yeah. okay with christian winning it just just to see all the complaints we would get, but no, can I'm still not. Climb, can he still climb a ladder? That's a good he, question. It is a good question. He is old. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I won't go with who. I'm gonna go with Wardlow. All right. Okay. For this match, storytelling wise, it makes sense for Wardlow 100, especially on Dynamite when 
MJF came back, wiped the blood off his face and, and whatnot, and basically said, hey, don't worry. If you get a shot at the, the TNT championship, maybe we'll let you keep the title, you know? And I was like, that is foreshadowing. If I've ever seen foreshadowing, if I've ever heard of foreshadowing, if I could define foreshadowing, it was right there. However, depending on the order of the match, if the dog collar matches first or if this matches first, to me, determines the outcome of the match. Now you're wwe it. Yeah, 100%. So <laughs> I, I 100% want to say Wardlow, but I'm going to actually go with Rob on this one and Keith Lee. Damn it. I was going to say, if it was three to one, I get to pick an action figure. <laughs> it looks like we got so not fair. <laughs> well, next we got the AEW tag team title match. We have Jurassic Express versus Undisputed. I mean, Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, and the Young Bucks. Rob, who do you got? I <sighs> here's my thought. Somehow, some way, to tie in with the the amazing, the stupendous, not WrestleMania, announcement that AEW bought Ring of Honor. I just have this crazy feeling that them boys are showing up. I got this crazy feeling that them boys are showing up. So somehow the FTR has to come out on top by hook or crook. Somehow, somewhere, or, or them boys cost FTR. They're not in the match. They're not in the match. I understand that. My bad. All right. <laughs> I understand that, but what what is it? It's it's uh oh well it's the two it's the two freaking Bullet Club guys. It's Don't worry, young... okay. Young Bucks and the other two, I know, and then and then Jurassic Express. Don't worry, this is where them boys show up. Okay, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, Rob. All right. Um. Hey, hey, Alex, do you have any action figures you want to put up against this bet? No. No. Okay. Okay. All right. Alex, who do you have winning? Uh, I I gotta say that it's either gonna be Jurassic Express retaining because there's a miscommunication between Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, or um, Red Dragon comes on on top as the tag team champions because they find yet another way to screw over the Young Bucks and then push their story along with them. Um. I don't see the Young Bucks coming out with the tag team titles in this one. All right. Kyle, my man, who do you got? All right. So I'm overthinking it, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lean into that because that's more fun than trying to go with 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 my heart here. I think there's an infatuation. I, I, I think there's this infatuation with with Tony Khan obtaining the undisputed era and seeing how uh great it looked to watch Undisputed Era hold all the like hold all the gold there might be a chance that they want to rekindle that magic uh, before it goes cold. So this kind of is going to give away my prediction for the main event, but Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby fish, I think are taking the tag titles. Okay. I'm thinking Jurassic express. And I'm only thinking that because I think this is the match where we see the blow up we, we've seen where the young bucks have been good with Bobby fish and Kyle O'Reilly. We've seen them where they're ready to have a super kick party. So I, I think this might be 
the blowout match, you know, where they, they have the big blowout with each other. I think Jurassic Express retains. And and since I didn't pick a winner, I'll go with Jurassic Express only because I sang that theme song every single morning when I let the dogs out. So <laughs> and when and when little bear pees, little puppy bear, we go da 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 So he you know, he gets excited. <laughs> Good enough reason is any for me. Works for me. There you go. Well, we have the dog collar match. We have CM Punk taking on MJF. Kyle, I'm going to start with you on this one. Man, I really hate that I have not seen Cody Rhodes and Brody Lee's dog collar match. I feel ashamed I haven't watched that match yet. Do yourself a favor, man, and see it when you can. I know. that's that. Every time I announce that, that's, that's exactly what I get. Um, <laughs> you got to do MJF, man. You got to have MJF win. I just cannot... Just I just like CM Punk does not need wins uh, like this. I just just don't see him like what it does for anybody. Um, and and, it, and it's a cooler story with MJF winning. I mean, let's be honest now. Like people are tired of the CM Punk baby face, just happy to be here shtick. And so you gotta gotta get some resent going at some point and. If um if the company's handing you everything you want, he can't be resentful at management. So he's gonna have to find resentment in himself. Um, so I think he's got to start eating more L's, especially with MJF. So I think MJF's gonna win. I'm gonna agree with you 100 percent Everybody knows CM Punk, everybody knows that name. We all know, you know, we as wrestling fans know MJF. But if you're going to escalate MJF into the bigger picture, a more main event scene. He needs this win more than CM Punk needs the win. So I'm going with MJF. MJF, he should have gone with pennies instead of quarters. <laughs> Go. All right. Alex, who do you have? Had uh, he said they threw pennies at him instead of quarters, it would have been more realistic. They didn't do Go ahead, Alex. Okay. So just like all the rest of you guys said, I've got to go with MJF on this one because in the greater scheme of storytelling, it makes more sense for MJF to win. Um, aside from that, I'm looking forward to this match more than probably any other match that's been announced for WrestleMania, any match that we saw at the Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, anything else this year, just because of the storytelling behind it. Um, whether we think that the blow-off happened too soon to the promo, the MJF promo this past week, the, the fact of the matter is, is that segment was beautifully done um, nine times out of 10 in a pro wrestling promo or beat down. If you add blood to it, it gets everybody more hyped too. And we haven't seen punk beat down like this since he returned. I think that this is going to be one of those matches where we remember the moments in the match for years to come. And I'm, I, like I said, I'm easily most excited for this match on the card. And I do think MJF's the right person to go out on top. Right on. We have a trios match next. We have Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy taking on Sting, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen. I'm going to go with the obvious Sting, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen. I mean, we've seen with Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, that, you know, the private party, not really getting along type deal. But I think that uh, they're more like the on the lower mid-card range right now, I feel like. 
where I feel like Darby, Sammy, and Sting are on a more elevated level than their opponents. So I'm going to go with them. Rob, who do you got? Got to go with Sting. Never go against Sting and Darby Allen. You know, I think, sadly, Hardy's going to go on a streak, Matt, uh, to bring Jeff in. So it's just going to go downhill for, for Matt and his, his clan. All right. Alex, who do you got? I'm going to say Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara, too. But I'm going to add a twist onto this because as of next Wednesday, the day that Dynamite airs, uh, next Wednesday is Jeff Hardy's 90 days. I have a feeling that we're going to see a rematch on Dynamite. I think that they, the heels are going to want a real match. And I think somehow it's going to play into the AEW debut of Jeff Hardy next week. All right. That's an interesting take. And I also didn't know that Jeff Hardy's 90 day was that close to being up already. March 9th. Good for him. Kyle, who do you got, my man? Sting's undefeated, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think he's undefeated in, in AEW with those tag matches. Um, yeah. I, I, I got to agree with, with Rob here. You can't bet against Sting, man. Guy's on the on the hottest streak of his whole career right now in <laughs> yeah. AEW. Like, yeah, man. Once yeah, I, the world title. Yeah. <laughs> you think you think Sting live Sting will get his hands on those uh, tag titles with Darby before he calls it a day? Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I love his matches though. Jesus Christ. They're good. Yeah. Our next match, and I'm not gonna lie, I don't have too much invested in this one. Uh Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Alex, we'll start with you. I originally did have a decent amount of vested in this feud. The problem with this for me is that not to the same exact extent, but they're almost running the same feud between Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston that they are with CM Punk and MJF. It's a little too similar for me and Punk and MJF ended up being the better storyline of the two of them. So I think Jericho and Kingston has kind of been put on the back burner for me and possibly some other people too. If, if they want what Jericho's saying to be true, that Eddie Kingston needs to get to that next level by beating Jericho, then Jericho's got to lose on Sunday. But do I think that'll happen? No. I think Jericho basically kind of can do what Jericho wants to do in AEW, and if he wants to win, he's going to win. So All I right. Jericho, I think Jericho wins on Sunday. All right. Kyle, who you got? Man, I got to tell you, as much as I love Jericho – the stakes in this match are, 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 are crap. Like Jericho's the whole stakes is if you beat me, I'll shake your hand and, and tell you, I respect you. Like, as like, you know, Kingston's like damn near 40 years old, man. Who gives a damn if Jericho respects him at this point? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just think, I think it's crap stakes. Um, to say they're not even that far apart in age. I know. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. It, it's, it's a weird feud. And, and I don't even think it does anything for Kingston to be honest for you, like with you, if he wins. Um, but with that being said, yeah, I, fuck man, I got, I'm gonna go with Jericho too. <laughs> like I just, just this whole, this whole, there's some truth to that whole, like Kingston just not being able to do it for in the big one, you know? Yeah. That's going to be three for Jericho or, Four. All right, we're just going to move on because I mean, we really seem not Kingston, in that match. Kingston seems to be the great guy that just keeps getting beat. Yeah. He seems to be like the guy that is so 
good that everybody loves, but he's like that enhancement guy. That he's not enhancement talent, but he enhances guys. He comes out like a badass and then just loses anyways. He's the Dolph Ziggler of AEW. The Dolph, the yeah. I wouldn't put him at Ziggler level. I I don't know. Maybe like maybe like Cesaro. Anytime they get Cesaro, big you know, like. 2014 2015 Dolph Ziggler yeah there you go Dolph is Dolph is kind of you know lost a little steam even more since then Cesaro that guy don't even got a job anymore <laughs> true. true very true good Actually, news unemployment here in Florida pays a lot so it's good you're in Florida yes oh damn man lucky We're neighbors yeah lucky both of you well you're in Florida too Nah, I'm in North Carolina, but oh, oh, I used to live in South Carolina strip club and a fucking church on every corner. Uh, you, guys, it's about twenty degrees up here. Yeah, the, you, he's not yeah. lying, man. Yeah, but we're talking about strip clubs and churches on every corner. It's yeah. a different story, Alex. It, it yeah. could be cold, but guess what? The colder it gets, the better the nipples. Anyways, <laughs> moving on to the next match. <laughs> we have Brian Danielson versus John Moxley, which for the men's matches. It could very easily be the match of the night. Hey, are Rob, either one of these guys better than five foot nine? Moxley. Oh, he is. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, Moxley's good, good. like six foot something. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Daniel Bryanson on this one, only because or Brian Danielson. See, that's the Jack Daniels. <laughs> the Jack Danielson. This match has been sponsored by, only because I feel that Danielson and Moxley are gonna wind up pairing up together. And they want to spill some blood together. So this one's going to be a bloody one. But I got to go with uh, Brian Danielson on this one. All right. Alex, who do you got? All I got to say is the dog collar match and this match better be the last matches on the card or the world title match is going to be wrestled on a canvas soaked in blood. It definitely (laughs) won't be. (laughs) Um, This one's a hard one for me to come up with i definitely feel like there's gonna be blood involved because they've made that mention of moxley saying that before i team with someone i gotta bleed with them so i feel like poetically there's gonna be something involving that in the match but it's really hard to decide who's gonna win if we're going with what rob was talking about about them teaming after this match which i also think is going to happen i feel like there's got to be some sort of interference by somebody else later on in the match or the on the other hand, um, one of them's just gonna get beaten down so bad they lose, and then they're gonna shake hands at the end. But I'm leaning more towards the first. But if I have to pick a winner, um, I feel like Brian Danielson's on a huge run right now, and I actually think he might somehow, if there is a clean finish, he might somehow squeak the victory out and actually beat Moxley. All right, Kyle, who do you got? It's a weird. It's a draw. I think I think Brian Branielson gets his third draw. No. So you're so you're Tony conning it? <laughs> no, man. I want this tag team to happen, and I feel like it can't happen if if uh, if if Danielson wins. Yeah. I, unless like unless I don't know, Mox passes out. Like they're they're building up that triangle where everyone passes out, and so Mox never quit. I don't know. Um, do they do like that Austin deal? Yeah, that's I kind of, but I'm like, but but it, it, Danielson's already made like three guys like pass out from it alone, and not to mention, didn't he like knock out Miro or something with with a guillotine or oh man, that's like, not hard. 
No. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm going to go with Moxley. I'm going to go with Moxley here. It's, I don't know. I think it's, I, I honestly don't really care about the outcome. I think the match is, is going to steal the show. Yeah. At least I'm hoping. No, I'm, I'm hoping so too. Like Alex knows I'm a huge Brian Danielson fan. I would have even grew his hair out to look like him. Yeah. I've got the old, <laughs> I got the old look. Then he cut his hair and now I'm like, great. Now what do I do? <laughs> I, I mean, two great wrestlers, two great entertainers. It's going to be a great match. I want to agree with Alex that Danielson has had such a tremendous run as of late, but I also agree with you, Kyle, that in order for it to be a team, Moxley needs to win. Stop being a girl. Pick a match. I'm going to go with Moxley on this one. Loser. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We've got our final match, the main event, the <laughs> AEW Championship. Hangman Page, Adam Cole, Kyle Starsoff. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I thought you said the champion was Adam Cole. Oh, he will be, though, because that's who I think is going to win. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> this is about as easy as Jade Cargill. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that easy, but... Man, hasn't Paige had a lackluster title reign? Yeah, he has, he's even admitted that on air. Uh, it's just, it's Who just has he even th- fought. Who has he even fought? I mean, I mean, I know he beat Daniel Bryan. He beat Brian Danielson. Uh, yeah, Lance Archer, which that match was better than I anticipated, but it didn't really matter. There was no hype behind it. It's just one of those cases of like the dog chasing the car, but then he finally caught it. You know what I mean? His chase was a ton of fun. And I remember being at fight for the fallen when they did that weird space jam match. um, And he was taken out of the picture. And I remember leaving that night. That was like one of the main questions was like, Oh my God, how does Adam page overcome this? You know, I was so hype into it, but now it's like, I, I I hate to fucking say it, man, but I, I forget he's champion at times. Like, I'll just, just like, oh, yeah, there's an Adam Page segment just tossed in the middle of the show. He'll cut a lackluster promo, and then we'll get on to what the main the main story is, which is like everything else. So with all those factors, it's all right, man. We got to have some transitional champs, man. Dude, AEW so freaking top-heavy. I say, man, start start tossing that belt around, man, and start, like, just – and with that, you need him to lose. So, yeah, Adam Cole. And that's not to say that he can't become champion again one day with a better storyline, given more time. Lee, if you don't mind, I'm going to I'm gonna step in real quick, too, because I kind of want to piggyback off of what Kyle said. The build-up to Adam Page winning the title was damn near perfect. It was some of the best storytelling in professional wrestling last year, and that's it wasn't even close. However, the fact that after he won the world title, I think there was like three or four weeks of television where he wasn't booked on TV. It killed him. Yeah. I, so I think he, I think he's one of those people that does better in chase mode, um, chasing after the title. And you have baby faces like that sometimes. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, Adam Cole plays an excellent heel champion. So I'm going to go with Kyle and I'm going to say that Adam Cole wins this match. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this rounds up. The AEW Revolution preview and predictions. Kyle, I know you got another show to go do. Yes, Please sir. 
take this few seconds and uh, tell everyone where they can find your stuff. Man, just just Google Smacked Raw. You'll find you'll find the rewind on Sundays, and you'll find Bammer Slammer doing his thing. And then we just brought on Botch Spots and Chair Shots. They're they're doing their show under our banner. It's a fantastic time. Follow our socials, Twitter at Smacked Raw Pod, myself at the Kai Tai Show. Um, yeah, and come and come yell at me. Call me an AEW shill um, on my rewind streams at twitch.tv slash Smacked Raw on Sundays at 9 p.m. Uh, thank you for having me. You guys are are genuinely awesome, man. All three of you guys. Thank you for uh, for entertaining, and this this was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we'll have you on again, and uh, enjoy enjoy the next show you're about to go on. And we'll have the links to his shows in our description of this show tonight. So, Kyle, again, thank you, and uh, we'll see you oh, next time. One more thing. One more yep. thing. We'll never know what the one more. thing We is. won't know what it is. Cool. I was on the edge of my seat, like the ending of the match. <laughs> well, I guess we'll figure it out next time, Kyle. Well, I guess we'll figure it out next time, Kyle's on the show. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, how do I live? How about that interview today with Vince McMahon and Pat McAfee? I love freaking phenomenal. Sorry, Alex. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm You're sorry. You're fine. My thing is, my 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 internet here is the way it is. I'm sorry. It's all good. So we learned a lot. Vince McMahon is going to induct the Undertaker into the WWE Hall of Fame. Al, how do you feel about that one? Um, I think he was one of the only two people that made sense in that situation, that scenario. The only other person that would have made sense would be Kane, Glenn Jacobs, whatever you want to call him. Um, it was him or Vince. There was nobody else to induct Taker. Maybe Sean, but I think even then, Kane and Vince take priority. So Vince is the right call, in my opinion. Rob, what are your thoughts on it? I, I love the interview today. Uh, I thought uh, we learned a lot about Vince. I, I watched that thing, and God, I, I sat back. I, I love Pat McAfee. You know I love Pat McAfee. Listening to Pat talk with Vince brought back so many memories. Um, and I even was texting you while I was watching it. It may have been after the fact because I would come home from picking up Bear from daycare. And there were so many things that he had always used to say to me that I was even yelling at you about. And, and I thought it was just great. I, I thought he was just phenomenal. Vince is, is a wealth of knowledge. And, and I thought Pat McAfee handled it phenomenally. Pat is is just a true he comes off if you watch his show he comes off like an idiot but he really is just such a great guy and he did a great job today he did a great job of Brock Lesnar if you watch that one too so what are your uh what are your thoughts on Vince inducting take her into the hall of fame I thought that was great too uh there's nobody else to do it Vince created Undertaker uh from the from day one when he called up Mark Calloway and said on Mark's phone is this Undertaker, and and Mark ran with it, picked it up and ran with it. Um, you know, this is one of the very few characters, and you'd have to really think about it for a long time, that Vince created in his likeness and image that stood the test of time. We're talking, what are we on, 30 years? 20-something 20, yeah. 20 years? 25 years? 30 years? Um, 
that Vince created in his likeness and image. And it stood the test of time. You can't say that about anybody, including Hulk Hogan. Not wrong. Not wrong at all. I thought it was a great interview. It, it gave me a... I mean, we all know how the way Pat McAfee does his interviews. In my eyes, it's like a very barstool sports-esque kind of way. Because uh, we know barstool sports is not... They're not real traditional with, you know, the things they do and whatnot. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I, I enjoyed it, but what made it more interesting to me was like, I didn't know Vince McMahon grew up in a trailer originally. No, I didn't know that. I didn't didn't know know that. Okay. No, like there was things I learned about it that I, that things I didn't know, like the way he learned, he doesn't, you know, he openly admitted he, he didn't learn how to study. So he was never good in school. But he also admits he liked to fight in school and this and that. So those were like interesting points that like I never knew about the guy. But then like he even said things that like my dad has said, if people think you're an asshole, you're not going to convince them you're not an asshole. You can sit there and be nice to them and this and that. And they, they're At the end of the day, they think you're an asshole. Well, you're an asshole. So that was like real interesting to see, especially the way that Pat McAfee was building him up the way he was talking that we see Vince McMahon as the character on TV, but like a guy like Pat McAfee has been able to learn from Vince McMahon, have conversations with Vince McMahon and just see the real side of Vince McMahon that we don't see. Cause they even talked about how he is when he fires people. Does he stay in contact with people? And he basically said, I stay in contact with a few, but I'm busy. You know, he said like when they call, Hey, I'm in a meeting, Hey, I'm in a meeting type deal, you know? But it's also a business. It's, yeah. it's, it's a business. And we have to understand that at the end yeah. of the day, it's a business. Yeah. And it was, it was a really, really good interview. If you haven't watched it, go to the, go to the Pat McAfee live on uh, YouTube and, and check it out. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was a great show. Vince talking about how he believes that he had learning disabilities growing up kind of really puts how you know, some of the decisions that he makes over the years come into perspective a little bit. It, it, it kind of just, the, the little bit that he opened up kind of explains more of why he is the human being that he is. And I feel like this is the most we've kind of seen him actually open up to a broader audience ever. Yeah, no, you're, you're 110% right, Alex. Um, having, having met the man, worked with the man, obviously, um, these were things that I, the, these stories, a lot of these stories that he told today, a lot of these things he opened up today about, I've, I've heard them and they resonated with me a lot. And listening to Pat McAfee conduct that interview was similar to the way when I would sit with him and talk to him. And, and, and it, brought, it brought a lot of feelings back. Um, it was a, a really good interview. Yeah, it really was. I enjoyed it. And going to switch topics here from wwe we're going to go back to aw for those of you fans who have made it this far in today's show you get (laughs) a very special treat as uh we were part of the aew revolution media call so if you've come this far that's what you're going to hear next after i do this part in today's episode had no shameless plugs So here they are. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on Facebook, 
perched on the top rope. Twitter, perched top rope. Instagram, perched on the top rope podcast. We have Selena scenes of your favorite wrestling moments on our TikTok, perched on the top rope. And uh, if you know the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan and you want to watch him get humped by a dog, go to our TikTok. It's there. It's me every time. (laughs) Sorry. It's there. You can also find us on YouTube and check out the awesome editing skills of the adorable one, Alex Todd, with our interviews, as we have an interview that we've been posting teasers for with Gary Michael Capetta. That interview that we have will actually go out fully on Sunday on the podcast. And speaking of podcasts, you can find us on Apple, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, Podbean, Podbay. Sorry, I get a little winded. Red Circle and anywhere else podcasts are found. Hold on. The man always forgets Spotify and it's one of the biggest ones. Wait, 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 wait. Since we're at the end of the show and I know Alex has been wondering because I got the text messages to prove it. WrestleMania weekend. Three people in a room. The biggest interview of all time. It'll be Lee Walker. Assuming he gets his contract. Sonny Ono. Ultimo Dragon. Oh, yeah. Jushin Thunder Liger. Get ready. Spoiler free is the way to be. We're out. Hi, everyone. Um, <clears throat> we all know why we're here, so let's just kind of get right to it. Uh, before I turn it over to Tony, a favor to ask. We have a lot of friends here on the line today who want to ask a Tony a question. We've got about 45 minutes or so, uh, there won't be enough time for us under any circumstance to accommodate everyone. So we can kind of keep your questions concise and refrain from two-part questions. I'll give everyone the best chance to participate. Um, so now without further delay, it's my privilege to introduce to you AEW CEO, GM, and head of creative, Tony Khan. Tony, why don't you offer some opening thoughts and then we'll open the line for questions. Hey everyone, uh, I'm so excited to be here as we are on the road to revolution officially now. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for waiting. I really do appreciate it, and I value everyone's time on this call, and it means a lot, every single one of you that dialed in. Um, I think generally most people here are big wrestling fans like I am, and I'm very excited for tonight. Uh, It's a big night. We have a big announcement to come, and there are a lot of big things in the future for AEW and pro wrestling in general. And tonight is a big part of it, and we're on our way to one of our biggest events we've ever had. Revolution uh, always is a a fun, great event, and I think – by the way, is anybody here uh, an echo? Is anybody hearing the echo right now? Hopefully it's not more tech issues. I got it. I got uh, it, Tony. Yep. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, that was going to be a long. It was going to be a long afternoon if it was if everything I heard was echoed. Uh, so thank you very much. And uh, Revolution is always one of our best events, and uh, I am very much looking forward to a great Revolution. And uh, you're all a huge part of it. So thanks for being here today. All right. Thanks, Tony. All right. So we're going to do as we normally do. I'm going to name who's up first, and then who's on deck. So let's start with uh, Garrett Martin from Pace Magazine. And following Garrett will be Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics. Garrett, you're Great. up. Uh, hey, Tony, you mentioned the big announcement. Um, I know that's just a few hours away, but is there any insight you can give us about it before the show tonight? Uh, I've kind of given hints. I probably don't want to say too much more before we go live on TBS tonight. I do think 
it's a major announcement. I think it will affect pro wrestling, and I, I think it's going to be awesome news for the fans and uh, a lot of the wrestlers. And I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, to be able to give that message to our fans on Dynamite tonight, it, it's a great pleasure, and it's exciting to have another reason for the fans to want to watch the show tonight, in addition to all the exciting things happening going into Revolution. So I'm sorry, sorry to lead off with, uh, with uh, not giving you uh, probably what you wanted, but I do think uh, we're not too far. Like you said, we're only hours away from the announcement. So um, I probably can't offer much more insight than I already have. Nice try, Gert. Uh, next up is Brandon <laughs> Thurston from WrestleNomics, and on deck will be our friend Dave Meltzer from Wrestling Observer. Brandon? Hey, hey Brandon. Your time What's today. up, man? Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, great to talk with you. Um, so the, the Nielsen TV ratings data that I've seen shows that while AEW's African-American audience is pretty much on par with that of TV generally, that percentage of the audience is considerably lower than, say, WWE's African-American audience. So I was wondering, is that something you feel you can change? And if so, uh, what has AEW been doing lately to address that? That is a tremendous question, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, I have noticed that I study the patterns very closely and it's something I'm cognizant of and uh, an audience that we really do want to grow. And it's very important to us it, not just growing that audience. I think diversity is very important to the company for a number of reasons, but uh, absolutely expanding our viewership. We think that is something that will help us. And that's why, uh, you know, you see so much great diverse talent on the show and, uh, there's there's been better representation, I think, than ever before. Um, diversity among the champions and uh, new stars coming in. So I, I think when you look at who's been coming into the company and, and the profile of free agents we continue to sign and the huge push that Jade Cargill is getting and a lot of the stars who have been uh, getting – pushed up the card and, and getting put in big spots, I think that is consistent with trying to grow that audience. Okay, thanks, Brandon. Dave Meltzer from Wrestling Observer is next, and I'm gonna follow that with a write-in uh, from Jonathan Hood from ESPN Radio in Chicago. Dave. Okay, Tony, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, Dave, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Um, so I actually wasn't uh, looking for that, but he actually triggered something where if you want to talk about the same similar situation with women, but my question was more along the lines of uh, 2023, 2020, well, 20, late 2022 through 2023, is there anything in your mind to peak the company when it comes time for the next television contract negotiations? Uh, yes, there is definitely a goal to be as strong of a company or the strongest company we've ever been when it comes time to sign a new TV contract. And I think that could happen uh, at any time if we were to renew. And, and I love where we're at. So that would be great. And uh I think that they're very happy with our performance. You know, certainly uh, Dynamite has been so strong since it moved to TBS. Every single week uh, since the premiere, we've been in the top three on cable, and we've had huge growth year over year with the move to TBS. Um, and I think that we'll continue to keep a great audience for the next 
few years and hopefully we'll be in a, the strongest position we've ever been in whenever it comes time to sign a new contract. Okay, th thanks, Dave. Um, so, Tony, here comes a, a write-in question from Jonathan Hood from ESPN Radio in Chicago, and I'd like to ask Amy Nemedy to be from WrestleJoy to be ready for the for uh, to be on deck. Jonathan's question is: Other than the recently announced dates, do you foresee AW emanating from other Western or Mountain Time venues, including Canada, in 2022? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, you know, obviously we we have announced Double or Nothing uh, coming to Las Vegas, and after Double or Nothing, our TV is coming through Southern California with Dynamite at the Forum June first, and with uh, Rampage coming to Ontario on October. Excuse me, on June third, and uh, we'll be at the Toyota Center for that event. And I do look forward to hopefully. Uh, doing more shows on the West Coast and the Mountain Time Zones. Uh, we have been to Denver in the past and Salt Lake City uh, before the pandemic, and I think there are more opportunities to get out and travel. You know, a lot of the dates we've been doing since we got back on the road last summer have been making up dates that were already scheduled, and we even still have you know, some out in front of us, like New Orleans uh, is, a, is a great example of a city we were scheduled to be in before the pandemic and are going back now. And there are still some others that we had uh, planned to hit before that we're going to go back to that we never made it to. And I would love to go back and hit uh, some of those cities uh, as soon as we can. So, yes, that is a, definitely a goal for us. Fantastic. Thanks, Jonathan, for the write-in. Uh, Amy Nemedy from WrestleJoy is next, and she will be followed by Greg Oliver from Slam Wrestling. Amy, you're up. Hi, Tony. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, so AEW Revolution has an incredibly stacked card. Uh, by and large, people have been saying this is perhaps one of the best cards that you've been putting out. With Revolution, um, where we have CM Punk, MJF, Hangman, Adam Cole, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, etc. Is Revolution going to be a show that we can look to to sort of set the tone heading into the year for AEW? Absolutely, yes. Uh, I do think it will be. That's a, a great question, Amy, and I do really look forward to uh, Revolution. I think exactly like you said, setting the tone for a great year. Uh, Ever since we started with the first revolution in Chicago at the Wintrust Arena, February 29th, 2020, uh, that was one of the strongest cards we'd ever had. I think it delivered and was one of the best shows we've ever done. And now people have come to expect great matches from Revolution. And I think uh, absolutely this could set the tone for a great 2022. And it's awesome to be you know, back on the road in Orlando in a city where there are so many great hardcore wrestling fans and uh, also a great travel city where people can come and uh, there's a lot to do a lot with AEW obviously with we got dark taping tomorrow and the rampage live show on friday which is going to be a great card and i've got more to announce for it that people don't know about yet and also uh the fan fest on saturday all leading to revolution uh and the card itself like you said is one of the strongest ones we've ever had which is consistent with a revolution brand and our pay-per-views in general that we try to put the strongest cards possible. And I think that's why we have such a great loyal pay-per-view audience. Uh, so yes, I do expect revolution can set the tone for 2022 with a great show. 
Thanks, Amy. Indeed, thank you, Amy. Greg Oliver from Slam Wrestling is next, and that will be followed by a write-in from Rachel Gagliardi from Don Trela Corde. Greg? Hey, Tony. It's great to be talking today. How are you? Great. Um, thanks for talking great. to me. Great. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, we've seen the AEW roster grow in leaps and bounds in the last couple of years. And unfortunately, on the other side of things, you know, you can't have everybody in the wrestling industry. So some people have to go. I want to know, um, uh, how is it managing such a, a huge roster? And also, if you could comment on, you know, he was there since the very beginning. He was integral in the formation of the company. Um, what's your comment on, on unfortunately, uh, Cody Rhodes leaving AEW? Well, it is a challenging to manage such a huge roster, and it's a good challenge because I think we have the best roster in professional wrestling right now, and uh, there are so many great stars on it, and I'm always excited uh, when we can strengthen it and bring new people in, and I am very, uh, very pleased that we've had such a great partnership with TNT and TBS that we had two hours of dynamite and that has been even stronger since it went to TBS and that they gave us another show with rampage on TNT and it gave us more opportunities to showcase talent. And that has also gone very well. And we've consistently been one of the strongest shows in our time slot, sometimes the strongest show in our time slot. And it, it bodes really well for us, and I think it could mean more opportunities in the future for our, the roster we have. And uh, in the meantime, there's so many great talents to develop and uh, constantly looking within for people ready to step up. Uh, and then you asked about uh, Cody. It was, it was very sad to see Cody and Brandy uh, leave AEW. And, um, you know, I've, I've gotten asked about it a number of times, and uh, – I haven't said much, but uh, what I do have to say is, is positive, and I really appreciate both of them and, and what they did for us as we got started and uh, through the growth of the company and, you know, wishing them the best. Thanks, Greg. Uh, okay, now we're going to do a uh, write-in here from Rachel Gagliardi from Donna Tra-Lacorde. Rachel asks, we finally have Dr. Britt Baker against Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's World Championship, a clash between two amazing performers. And I was wondering what we must expect from this match and especially from the future of the women's division after what we could already call match of the year. Well, I think you can expect a great match from them. It's been a great rivalry and I expect that the two names will be closely associated together. Certainly in recent wrestling history, they had uh, the PWI match of the year and many people have called it the match of the year. I was on busted open radio earlier. Dave LaGreca said it was his favorite match of the year too. And a lot of the fans have come up and mentioned it as one of their favorites. So the lights out match they had was a classic. I think, uh, this is another chapter in a great rivalry, and I'm really excited uh, to see now, it, finally, for the championship, Dr. Britt Baker defending the title against Thunder Rosa. It's, it's a huge match, and it, it means a lot. Uh, and, and when you look at the history between the two, it means that much more. Thanks, Rachel. And as I was practicing how to pronounce Donna Tra-Lacorde, I forgot to to ask uh, Mike Johnson to be ready from PW Insider. So Mike, you're going to be next and following Mike will be Chris Mueller from Bleacher Report. Mike, you good to go? I am good to go. How are you guys doing? Great, Mike. How are you, sir? 
I'm good. So um, our good friend Greg Oliver in Canada took my two questions. So I will ask this one, which we always get, especially from younger readers, uh, including my son. Uh, what are the plans at this point to start to get the library into a streaming service, whether something that's self-produced by the company or perhaps HBO Max, which just announced they're going to start doing some live sports? We constantly hear from younger, and when I say younger, I mean 20s to early 30s readers who don't want to be trapped into watching something on a DVR and just want to stream something on their phone. Is there any inroads made or any update on uh, AEW having past content or current content streaming? Uh, where they can find it on devices or a streaming service? Well, uh, it's that's a great question. Thanks, Mike. Uh, I get asked that a lot myself, too. I've been asked it several times today and in the past week. Uh, it, it's absolutely something that we're looking to do. I, I can't say much more about it right now, uh, but absolutely we work with one of the greatest tech companies and one of the greatest content companies in the world uh, with Warner Media. And they're constantly growing their library and their offerings. And uh, there would be, I think, great opportunities working together on that, potentially. And I think it would be very good for the fans and absolutely for the younger fan base, uh, especially. Uh, streaming is more so a part of their life and how they interact with content. And so it, it makes a lot of sense. Thanks, Mike. Next up will be Chris Mueller from Bleacher Report, and I'm going to follow Chris with a write-in from Randy Zelia from Backsports Page. Chris? Great. All right. Hey, Tony. So we've seen a couple times recently, I believe mostly on Dark, we've had a couple of superstars come out to their songs from the recent AEW Who We Are album. I was curious if there's been any thought on your part of making some of those the permanent entrance music for anybody, or if maybe we might see it used for special occasions like the upcoming Revolution show. Uh, I'm leaving that to some extent up to the wrestlers themselves, especially because I think those are great tracks and there are examples where I think they're great songs to tell the stories of the wrestlers, but then there's other examples where they're great entrances. Uh, some people have wanted to use them as their entrance and other people have not. So I'm taking it on a case-by-case -case basis. So that's why it's a really good question, Doc. Um, for example, we were at the Dark Tapings and we experimented with Will Hobbs, which is using his song off the album, which is a great song. And he came out and he said, you know, I really liked it. But in the future, I think I'd like to use my original song, the P -P -P Powerhouse Hobbs song. Uh, and you know, he felt like he gets a big, a big pop and he's established it. So he loves the song off the track, but he also would probably for the arenas and the matches use his original song. Uh, and then there are other people who really would like to use it, I think, as their entrance theme going forward. And, and we're going to literally, uh, as we were about to get started here, I heard from Scorpio sky that he was interested in using his, as his entrance and, and experimenting with that. And so we're going to do that. Uh, and there are a number of other wrestlers who have tracks on there and I'm open to using them, you know, so it's on a case by case basis, I think. And, and one of the most important things is that the wrestlers themselves feel good about what they're walking out to. In general, I've never asked anybody to walk out to a song they don't feel good about. I don't think it makes any sense and it's not sustainable. So, uh, I hope that makes sense and kind of answers what you're looking for, Doc. Thanks, Chris. Uh, coming up next here, I'm going to uh, read a, a write-in question from Randy Zellia from Back Sports Page. 
following this write-in question will be uh, Stephanie McGee from Digital Spy. Tony, um, Randy asks, how difficult is it to manage this roster knowing you only have a set amount of hours each week? It's a great question. I, you know, kind of touched on it earlier. That's why getting Rampage was so huge for this company, because as we were expanding and signing more great talent than we've ever had, uh, it came at a perfect time for AEW Rampage. And now we built a really good audience on Friday nights where we're consistently number one, number two, you know, one of the top shows in that time slot, 10 p.m. Friday nights, Eastern time. And that helped tremendously. And I think uh, we get more wrestlers on TV and, and it's helped us feature a lot of the stars we have and also develop young wrestlers. So uh, it is always challenging. And I think it was challenging when it was two hours and now we have more great wrestlers and three hours and it's still a challenge, but it's a, it's a, it's a great thing. And the, the strength of the roster is good. Believe me, I'd, you'd much rather have a very strong roster with a lot of depth and challenges trying to utilize people than, you know, be very thin. Uh, during the pandemic, especially at the beginning, I, I was working with a very thin crew and did the best I could to make uh, the most of what everyone contributed. And those people did a lot for us and did they did great. Um, and, you know, I, I'm very grateful to have a, a very deep crew now. Thanks, Randy. Okay, Stephanie McGee from um, Digital Spies Nets. Stephanie will be followed by Connor Casey from Comic Book. Stephanie, you're up. Hey, Tony. Um, it's Stephanie Chase. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for joining us today, Steph. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, as you were saying earlier, like it's another stacked card, and this is something I know I've asked you before previous pay-per-view, but can you talk a little bit about putting together the match order for this one? Um, we know we've got the world title match, Adam, Adam Cole and Adam Page, but also like something as big as the Punk MJF dog collar match, how you've kind of worked out where something like that should be placed. Well, that's a great question. Uh, it's always challenging putting the card order together. I think... Uh, this show with so many great matches is probably the most challenging ever, but it's going to come together and it's going to be a great, great wrestling pay-per-view uh, bell to bell. The thing's going to be stacked start to finish and it's as much awesome action as you can get in four hours. And I think everyone hopefully will get their money's worth. And uh, I expect it to be a great show. And, and the match order is definitely uh something to put a lot of thought into that I always think a lot about. And for this show in particular, it's going to be challenging because uh, we have so many great matches on the card, but it's again, same as what I was saying about depth earlier. That's good. You want to have a really strong card where you need to think about the order. Um, and so that's one of the reasons I'm so excited for this show. I think it's as, as deep and strong of a wrestling card as we've ever put together. Thanks, Stephanie. Um, following Connor Casey, I'm going to take another write-in question. So, Connor, you're up next, and then I'll have a write-in uh, to follow. Connor? Hey, Tony. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, you guys announced that Double or Nothing will be taking place at Las Vegas's T-Mobile Arena rather than the MGM Garden Arena like you did previously. Is this a sign that you guys are targeting bigger venues for your pay-per-views going forward? Uh, well, it is. I think... You know, we're still looking at a variety of venues, but I think that's a great venue for us. It, it, it's a premium pay-per-view, and I think um, absolutely looking at big venues, uh, and T-Mobile is a top 
modern sports venue. And I think um, we had been at the MGM Grand, and that was that's a big venue too, and it's one of the biggest ones we've ever run. Uh, T-Mobile is a little bit newer and a little bit bigger, and I think we were looking forward to the challenge. Uh, so in this case, yeah, absolutely. Okay, thanks a lot, Connor. Um, I've got a write-in question here from Eleanor Line from Eleanor Wrestling, whose question is probably the same question a lot of others have. Uh, are there any plans for AEW to come to the UK in the near future? Uh, well, it's a, that's uh, another great question, and I don't have the exact dates. I, it's absolutely something I'm looking to do. Um, I, and nothing I could officially announce today, but in particular, Craven Cottage is a venue where I would love to bring AEW. It's my favorite place in the world, and I can only imagine how happy it would make me to bring uh, two things I love so much together in AEW and Craven Cottage. And uh, for worlds to collide, I just think it would be really special. Jim, uh, you know, I'm not trying to draw you into this and knock you off your moderator duties, but, uh, you know, I know you love the cottage, too. And it's just such a special place uh, in, in the heart of the Fulham family and i just think it would be really cool and i would love to bring the fulham family and the aew people together i think it would be neat uh but i would also love to travel throughout the uk um and i have traveled extensively in uh england and the uk i've driven pretty much all over the country of england uh going to away matches and uh, business meetings as the general manager and director of fulham football and so uh Absolutely, it's something I really want to do. I just can't officially announce anything to you all today on that. I do. I can announce other announce other things today, <laughs> but but that that uh, that's not uh, what I'm going to get into uh, today exactly. Well, th thanks, Tony, and I totally agree on Craven Cottage, home of top of the table Fulham Football Club and Sky the Championship, heading toward promotion. Um, Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. will be next, and I'm going to follow Nick with Jason Powell with Pro Wrestling Net. Nick, are you good to go? Hey, can you hear me now? We can. Okay, wonderful. Hi, Tony. Hey, what's up, Nick? Not much, Tony. This calls what's going on right now. Um, so I wanted to ask you about Jeff Hardy. He got caught on camera saying he was going to be heading to AEW. There's been a lot of teases, it would seem, about Jeff coming to AEW. Uh, should fans consider it a foregone conclu conclusion that Jeff is AEW bound? I don't think anybody should consider it a foregone conclusion. I do really like Jeff a lot. I think... Jeff is still obligated to another company uh, here for at least several more days. But at some point uh, when Jeff is free and clear, I would love to have Jeff in AEW. Uh, Jeff is a friend of mine. I really like him very much. And I think the world of him, I have a lot of respect for him as a wrestler. And he's also a very nice person. And uh, I think he would fit in very well in AEW. And we would love to have him potentially. Thanks, Nick. Jason Powell from Pro Wrestling Net is next. I'm gonna follow Jason with Carol Montez from Carol Terrell. Hey Tony, how are you? Well, how are you? Doing great. Uh, when it comes to the Cody Rhodes situation, it's been reported that you had a renewal option in the Young Bucks contract that you opted to execute. 
Did Cody have a similar option in his deal? And if so, why didn't you use that option to keep him in the fold? It's a great question. I uh, have, there have been a lot of great questions today. I know I say that a lot, but I honestly mean it. If I didn't think it was, it wasn't a good one, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say it. Uh, so uh, it's a, that is a very fair question to ask. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it because a lot of this is personal between me and him, but I tried to reach a longer agreement with him beyond what we had for the option years. And it sounded like at one point, I think that we were going to, honestly. And uh, when we couldn't settle on it, uh, I the last thing I want to do is keep somebody here that isn't going to want to be here. So uh, it didn't look like we were going to get a longer deal done. And I would would have loved to have done it. And I, I have a lot of respect for him. But um, when we didn't come to terms on that, uh, you know, it, it uh, made it pretty clear where we were going to end up on things. And and. That being said, uh, you know, I, I've said nothing but respectful stuff about Cody, and I'll continue to. Thanks, Jason. Uh, the right is uh, Carol Montez from Carol Taro is a write-in, so I'm going to read his question and ask Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful.com uh, to be ready uh, after this. Um, Caro asks, Tony, uh, Mikey Ruckus and the music department do a fantastic job with the music. Do you plan on hosting a concert this weekend showcasing AW music? Do you plan on doing more events like this for fans in the future? And what do you have in mind to maintain fan engagement? That's a that is something we are doing. Uh there's a concert this weekend. Mikey has composed so many great themes and performed a lot of these themes, and it's a great chance for him to go play live for the fans. And they'll get to hear these themes live for the first time with Mikey playing them. And he's he's done so great writing some of these songs. And I just think it's it's a great, opportun great opportunity for the fans uh, to have a good time and do something different uh, and let loose. And it's a very different experience going to a concert than going to a wrestling show. But this is kind of a, a mix of the two worlds and going to have a good time at the concert, uh, but still with your wrestling friends and doing something wrestling related on the road to revolution, this big pay-per-view weekend. Uh, and I really, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think it'll be a lot of fun. So I think that for fan engagement, uh, you know, we made those songs available online and, and some of them have really caught on and, and become hits. Uh, you know, we've had a great interest in the new Keith Lee track, for example. Adam Cole song has been the number one metal song and the number one rock song on iTunes, uh, which is awesome for us. And it bodes really well uh, for the for Adam Cole and for uh, our music department. And so Mikey does a great job and I think we'll continue to put out more great themes. And uh, for staying engaged with the audience, I think this, these are great events and we're trying to put more different things on the pay-per-view weekends like the fan fest and mikey's concert different things uh to make the pay-per-view weekends feel special uh something i don't know if i've mentioned to anybody this might be the first time i'm breaking it uh here in jacksonville right now is a content creator who i really like uh rj city i think does a great job developing content and i'd seen him doing some stuff other places and we're on the road to revolution and it's such a big event and i I'm part of the IWC, like pretty much everyone on this call is part of the internet wrestling community. And I have been since I was a very small child on dial up internet and it's still a big part of me. 
And I thought his stuff is great. He popped me. And so he's here to create content on the road to revolution. And, you know, that's more great stuff we can do to engage with the fans as we try to get people pumped up for Dynamite tonight and Rampage Friday. And there's going to be a great card for Rampage Friday uh, for everybody who's got tickets for that. And then, of course, Sunday Revolution, uh, it's going to be a great week. Thanks, Carl, for that write-in. Sean Rossap from Fightful is next. And Sean will be followed by Shaquille Majori from CBSSports.com. Sean. Hey Tony, uh, thanks for doing this. Very happy to hear the the RJ City stuff. Uh, he's he's great. But <laughs> wanted to ask you about the potential of trios titles. That's something that you often see fans uh, discussing. Uh, is it something you're considering, maybe even in the near future? And what are maybe some of the pros and cons of that, uh, from your view? Well, uh, it's a, so. so uh, Sorry, sorry. For a second, uh, Nick, I got a I got a bit of static when you asked your question. So uh, you, I, I heard. I'm sorry, sorry, Sean. Sorry. So so when you said, uh, can you can you go back? I heard you mention RJ City, and then I got a bit of static when you were talking. Sorry. Yeah, a lot of fans have asked about uh, trios titles. Or have you considered bringing? Okay, those that's in what you perhaps? said. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay, trios titles. So uh, thanks, Sean. So uh, I. Um, Definitely think uh, it's something that there's a lot of interest in. I've seen that. And we have a lot of great trios here. Uh, I am very interested in it. I'll be 100% honest with you. This is the most blunt answer I could give. Uh, I'm much more receptive to doing it when Kenny Omega's back. Because I think that is going to happen. And when Kenny Omega's back, I think uh, the trios division is that much stronger. We could do a great tournament now and have a great trios division, but I think uh, he would make it that much stronger. And I have so much respect for him. And I think he was such a great world champion for us. And I think we could have by far the best trios division anybody could put together with how strong our roster is and how many trios are already together and and have experience working together. And I would love uh, for Kenny Omega to be a part of it. I didn't expect to answer that question. or uh, Sorry, I didn't expect to answer that today. Uh, but since you asked, and it's such a good question, Sean, I'll give you a really blunt answer, man. Hey, thanks, Sean. Shaquille Majori from CBSSports.com is next. Uh, Shaquille will be followed by Will Washington from Grapsity. Shaquille? Hi, Tony. Thank you so much for doing this today. Thank um, you, Shaq. Yeah, man, good to hear from you. Uh, so very quickly, just uh, MJF delivered man, a promo for the ages on last week's Dynamite. Can you tell me a little bit about the trust that goes into trusting talent to tackle that sort of subject matter with such honesty, but such poise? And then I think generally there's a belief that MJF is a once in a lifetime talent, but how much did that promo sort of reinforce that belief on your end? Well, it, it, again, it was working in sports, you work with extraordinary people and, uh, <laughs> MJF is one of the most extraordinary people. He has a talent and he has, he has a number of talents. He's a very well-rounded pro wrestler, which means he's got a lot of different talents that it takes to be a well-rounded pro wrestler because the, the, you need a number of skills to be that. And, uh, he has them all. And again, when you're in professional sports, you get to work with extraordinary people and you watch them do extraordinary things and it becomes almost routine. 
and I never take for granted the extraordinary things they do. And so, uh, I, you know, I never want to let it be routine or take it for granted when MJF goes out and does something outstanding. I've heard him give some of the best promos in, in modern wrestling and what he went out and said, uh, it was very moving and it moved a lot of people and it spoke to a lot of people and it was not the person they expected to hear it from, which I think made it that much more impactful of a statement. And, uh, I thought it was phenomenal what he, what he said and what he did out there. And I, don't think that's at all inconsistent with who MJF is and what he's capable of. Um, he's a phenomenal person who does extraordinary things. Thanks, Shaq. Next up is Will Washington from Grapsity. Will will be followed by John Alba from Ad Free Shows. Will. Hey, Tony. How's it going? Hey, good, Will. How are you? I'm doing very good. Uh, and I'm also like really looking forward to Revolution. I think the card looks amazing. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to all nine matches and being in attendance for them. Um, but one of the most anticipated matches on the card is the showdown for the women's world title between Thunder Rosa and the champion Dr. Britt Baker DMD. Um, the last time these two faced off was at last year's St. Patrick's Day Slam. And it was historic for a few reasons, one of them being the first ever women's main event for AEW. And being that the stakes are raised this time around and the profile of both stars and Brits talked about it a lot as a goal of one of hers. Is there any chance that this main events revolution? And if not, do you see it happening at any of the upcoming pay-per-view events in the near future? I definitely think it's some of our major events. Uh, Britt has main evented some of the biggest events in the history of the company already. You know, was, Britt was a main eventer uh, at, against Ruby Soho at the Grand Slam, uh, which was uh, the biggest event we've ever had in terms of fan attendance and uh, mainstream attention. Uh, Britt was the main event of the first St. Patrick's Day Slam against Thunder Rosa. They were the main event, like you said, uh, in that historic show. And that was a first ever dynamite uh women's main event and then the first ever rampage episode brit versus red velvet in pittsburgh was the main event of our first show we ever had and that was a world championship match also so uh she has main evented so many of these uh huge shows and time and time again she's delivered so um i have worked on the card order and right now that is one of the key pivotal matches in the card it is not what I have going on last, uh, but that does. it is one of the biggest matches we've had, and many of the best matches in AEW history were on pay-per-views and not necessarily the very last match, uh, although a lot of those last matches have been great too. So it's definitely something I am open to, uh, and obviously having had Britt and Thunder Rosa in, a, in the first uh, St. Patrick's Day Slam main event again. Just to reiterate, having you know had Britt and Red Velvet in the first ever Rampage main event period, and having had Britt versus Ruby Soho in the first ever uh, 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 first ever uh, Grand Slam main event, and then also Britt versus Riho in the first ever Battle of the Belts main event. So uh, a lot of these signature cards, we've seen Britt defending the title, and uh, now. This is the toughest test I think she's faced as the champion or as a pro wrestler. Uh, it's a huge, huge match. It, there are a lot of main events on this card. Anything, really, I think on this show almost could main event it. Uh, in this case, um, I, as Hangman uh, has worked a really long time 
Uh, and that has been a story that the fans have followed for a long time. Uh, and now Adam Cole is a top contender. Uh, I believe Hangman's match quality, bar none, I would have no exceptions to this since he won the title. Nobody has had better matches. Uh, the two matches he's had with Brian Danielson and the Texas death match with Lance Archer have probably been three of the best matches we've had in the company since he won the title, if not the single three best matches in the company since he won the title. So, uh, I am going to give him uh, that spot and Adam Cole that spot and ask them uh, to go out and have a great match as best they can. And uh, I have not talked on this Cole uh, on this call as much about Adam Cole, uh, but I could talk to him, uh, could talk about him at length. Excuse me. I saw he told fans in, in an interview, uh, gave an on record quote that uh, when I went to sign him, uh, I was on the phone with him for four hours and 15 minutes or more than that even. And that is absolutely true. And I really believe in Adam Cole. Uh, he, I, I think I mentioned his song and how popular it is briefly, but the wrestler is also a huge part of AEW. So uh, that is what I have planned as the final match. And I'm really excited for it. And I'm also very excited uh, for Dr. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. I think all the matches are going to be great. I, uh, you know, I, 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 it, I'm being probably very forthcoming in that answer, but I, but I wanted to give you an honest answer now about, uh, what I'm thinking on the card order. And I think that, uh, there are also a number of other huge matches, uh, that night, obviously Britt versus Thunder Rosa is one of the real selling matches on this card, that world title match, but also the dog collar match with Punk versus MJF, uh, Moxley versus Danielson, uh, Kingston versus Cherico, and so many others, in addition to all the great championship matches and matches with championship implications. So uh, it is probably the most challenging card to put an order on that I've ever had. Uh, but uh, yeah, in this case, I am planning for Hangman versus Cole to go out there last. Thanks, Will. Tony, you got a few more minutes for a few more questions? Or we run out? Yeah, please. I would love to. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure you're good with your time. So. Um, John Alba with Ad Free Shows uh, is next. Then I'm going to do a write-in from Clara Stanley from One Stop Wrestling. John. Tony, thank you as always for taking the time. Hope your day is treating you well. Uh, looking forward to thank being you. at Dynamite tonight and at Revolution this weekend. Uh, a name that I wanted to ask you about is the former Cesaro who we just found out recently is a free agent. AEW can obviously only add so many guys, but uh, the sentiment among a lot of people in that IWC that you mentioned before is that that's a guy that could probably contribute in a multitude of ways, not just in the ring. Is he somebody that you've looked at in terms of bringing in potentially? I do like him a lot. Uh, and uh, I have to say, I have met him many years ago and he's a real gentleman, Claudio. Uh, I have a ton of respect for him as a pro wrestler. I think he's uh, a, a great athlete. Uh, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. Let's be honest. His strength is, uh, t you know, tip top. He's uh, very few peers in the in the power department. And also mentally, uh, he puts great matches together. He's got great psychology and just a great guy. So, yeah, I mean, it's always something I would be open to. Thanks, John. Here's a writing question from Claire Stanley, and 
following Claire, I'd like to call on Izzy from the hot tag. So Izzy, be ready. Claire Stanley asks, do you have any information that you can give us about the AW video game? No, sorry, sorry, Jim. I uh, what? Sorry, I, I I had a bit of static on the line. So, what about the video game? Sorry, Jim. Just do you have any update uh, that you can share with uh, with everybody? Update. Got it. Sorry, sorry. Yes. Uh, well, uh, I don't have any specific updates other than that they're working every day on it, and uh, people were recording voice tracks this week. I think at AEW Dark, uh, we'll be recording some content so anybody who's at dark you may end up in the video game as uh doing some chants uh we'll be asking the crowd uh to give us a hand there getting uh maybe even with some people who aren't there uh getting their their chance in the game just that'll be a lot of fun and uh we're plugging away so i, I the console game um is still on track and I, i'm hopeful that we'll be able to give more updates on it soon but uh it's been a major investment and it's something that really is looking to pay off in a major way for us, I think, with all the interest in it. Thanks, Claire. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Izzy from the Hot Tag, and we're going to complete uh, today's session with Bill Pritchard from WrestleZone uh, after Izzy has her moment here. So, Izzy, you're up. Hi, Tony. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking and thank you so much for taking the time today. I'm really excited to be talking to you. Now, this is the first major pay-per-view without Cody Rose being a part of AEW. We know the huge impact Cody has left on AEW, so does the roster and even yourself feel pressure to fill that void without the American Nightmare being present? No, I don't, uh, actually, because I've done a few pay-per-views without Cody on them, and uh, they were both very successful. And I really love having him here. Uh, as a huge part of the company, but the biggest pay-per-view show the company ever did, he wasn't on, uh, was All Out, and uh, and the previous year's All Out, he also was not at, and he's he's a huge part of the pay-per-views he has been on, but I know we can do a really good pay-per-view without him on the card, but he's also great when he's been on the cards. So um, in that sense, no, I don't, because actually All Out, I think, is probably the best show we ever did. And uh, in every show I think we ever do will be uh, compared, I think, to All Out is probably all around as strong a, an event as I've ever been a part of. So uh, I, I will miss him very much in a lot of ways. But in terms of feeling that pressure to put on a great pay-per-view, I don't feel that as much because we've done that. Hey, thanks, Izzy. Last, certainly not least, is Bill Pritchard from WrestleZone. Bill, you're up. Hey, Tony, how are you? I'm great, Bill. How are you? Good. Uh, earlier today, you had some uh, really kind comments about Orange Cassidy on Busted Open. Uh, you used the phrase net positive, despite uh, somewhat of a mixed reaction from some groups. Um, and I just wanted to know, uh, you know, another example of maybe somebody in that category is like a Dan, uh, Danhausen. And I just wanted to know if uh, you're there's a huge difference between there's a huge difference between those two guys, Bill. There's a huge difference between those two guys. Uh, they're both very, very engaging people. But when you compare the two people, they both have huge social engagement. They're both. So there's there's similarities. There are definitely similarities. But in the ring, if you watch them enough and the work of the two people, I think they're very different wrestlers, if that makes sense.
Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And, you know, I'm a fan of both myself. But what I was going to ask is, is, is there a way that you can see using the net positive as sort of a metric going forward for talent in the future, whether it's, you know, somebody like, like one of those guys or just on a, on a broader scale, just using that just to try to evaluate potential free agent signings? Yeah, man, for sure. I think in general, that's how you look at it is what they're going to add to the company. I think, uh, you know, almost any wrestler of any repute and experience is going to have some fans, hopefully, and they bring them with them. And you're looking for somebody that's going to bring a lot of fans and and there may be some people that have detractors and that is not always a bad thing. And I think so in that sense, you, you know, they are very similar. The reason I jump on that is because like the, the point I made earlier today, you know, in that interview is when you talk about like in-ring ability and what the guys do, I think they're very different wrestlers, Orange Cassidy and Danhausen and, and the way they approach the matches. Uh, they both have a lot of fans, a lot of kids that love both of them, a lot of a young audience that responds really positively to them. And I think that's why there is some appeal. Uh, that's why I think they're good together. But I also think uh, that, you know, uh, there's just a lot of differences. And and so uh, that's why I think that, that it's a good fit because uh, they, they complement each other very well. And Orange Cassidy, what no matter what anybody thinks of him, has had a lot of matches that have done really big TV ratings and uh, has delivered in big match after big match after big match. And Danhausen uh, is somebody who's got a huge audience already before he came to AEW. A lot of people really like him. And I so comparing the two of them, I think is apples and oranges. But if you're asking, which you are asking, uh, if – if I'm using that kind of net positive as a good barometer for how I think somebody can affect the company. Yeah, that's, that's a great question, man. Absolutely. Uh, and it's a, it's an ever changing barometer. I think, uh, one of the points I was making earlier on busted open, I think most people probably did not hear it, uh, was that, uh, they asked me something that surprised me from the beginning of AEW and I didn't know how popular he was going to become Orange Cassidy. And, uh, one of the reasons that I've given him as much of a platform and as much TV time and big matches as I have, obviously he brings an audience, which is the most important thing. And he consistently delivers numbers for us, but also it's because I really care about wrestling and, and good wrestling. And even if you don't like his tactics or his psychology, he can go and he's a, he's a gifted athlete and a very gifted wrestler when he wants to try, so to speak. And, uh, that is kind of some of the stuff I was saying about him. So, um, I think Danhausen is such a charismatic person and, uh, to have the two of them out there together, clearly the fans really respond to it. Uh, so that's why I think they're such a, a good pair because I think they have a lot of, similarities and and some big differences too that make them very complimentary okay thanks bill and thanks tony uh and thanks to everyone we wish we had more time but um you know the clock is unforgiving especially with dynamite ahead in just a few hours so with that again tony thanks for for hanging on and and getting us through uh through the uh technical difficulties and on behalf of everyone uh, in, on behalf of Tony and everyone at AEW, our sincere thanks, not only for uh, attending today, but for your continued interest in, in AEW and your passion for wrestling. 
Um, we'll be distributing an audio recording here, here shortly to all attendees. Uh, so be looking for that. And then, in, you know, until we meet again, perhaps in Orlando for Revolution on Sunday, we wish you the very best. Again, thanks a million for uh, for joining us. Hey, uh, may I uh, may I have a, uh, a one chance, Jim, to say goodbye to everybody? Absolutely, you may. I would love to. Uh, if anybody's still on, a lot, half of you people probably hung up, but I just really appreciate everybody being here today. Uh, it means a lot. Uh, Dave, I, Dave, I saw, I'm looking through here as I was about to say goodbye. I'm looking through Dave. I think you may have misunderstood what I was saying. I said the match order would be very difficult. I never said they would have trouble following any of these matches, Page versus Cole. Uh, I think that, uh, they can follow anybody, Hangman Page and Adam Cole, two of the best wrestlers in the world. So no, I did not say that Dave. Uh, and, uh, also Sean, I apologize to you for calling you, uh, Nick earlier. Nick's question was so good. I still was thinking about it. And then I had some static, uh, on your Sean. So thanks for that. And, uh, everyone else, I really appreciate y'all being here and, uh, thank you for giving us this chance to promote revolution and also talk to you and answer questions. And if there's anybody whose questions I didn't get, I'm, I'm genuinely sorry. I will stay in the scrum as long as I need to, to answer every single person's questions. And I just really appreciate you all supporting AEW and supporting revolution by covering us. And I know a lot of you are not in the business of being fans, but a lot of you are wrestling fans anyway. So I thank you for that. And, uh, I hope you enjoy the show as fans, and hopefully I'll get to uh, answer everyone's questions in the scrum. So thank you for that. Thank you, Tony. And thanks again, really, to everybody for joining us. This is always a, a great tradition for AW ahead of the pay-per-views, and uh, we always look forward to it. And so, again, on behalf of Tony and everyone at AW, a thousand thanks for, for all you do. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Thanks, all.